Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone, rest your Hey there, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. Today, in Psalm 24, I want to go all the way back to the Tower of Babel and all the way forward to the church in the New Testament. You ready for that? Yeah, I think we are. I'd like to read Psalm 24. Actually, I'd like you to read Psalm 24 from the New King James. I know that's your favorite. Well, hey, I uh, am glad to accommodate Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, the Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Amen. Amen. So I've got a question for you. Uh Uh-oh. What do you call someone who speaks three languages? Trilingual? You're right. What do you call someone who speaks two languages? Bilingual? That's it. Now, what do you call someone who speaks one language? American. American. <laughs> That's exactly right. I remember when a friend in college uh, did that joke on me because he spoke like four languages, and I just laughed so hard. But I thought, now where do all of these different languages come from? You know, the Bible tells us, at least at the root, who confused all the languages. That's God. That's at the Tower of the Bible. <laughs> Babel. This is called a segue, so you can do your tower talk. <laughs> okay. I did tell you I wanted to start with the Tower of Babel. You told me and everybody listening, so I'm going to get you there. So I appreciate the segue. That is not exactly how I intended on getting to the Tower of Babel. What I wanted to highlight, though, was that notice this question. So we talked about the the Lord owning the earth. Yeah. And then that moves into the next segment of this psalm. Who may ascend Mm -hmm. into the hill of the Lord? Mm -hmm. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? And what, what occurred to me as I thought about this idea of the hill of the Lord is that this has really been the question that humankind has been asking almost since the beginning. In fact, it's the question they were asking at the time of Babel. Mm-hmm. Since that time, there has been this desire, I want to get to where God is. Okay. And in the ancient days, the idea of where the gods were was up. The gods Just up the gods, the skies, the heavens, or even the heaven above the heavens, which has kind of become our concept of heaven even today is kind of how we view it. Even today, even though today we realize that heaven, as far as God's existence, is really on a different dimensional level of existence and plane. It's not up in the sky or behind the moon or on the other side of Pluto. We know that. Even then, we still view the idea of getting to God means going up. Yeah. And so 
it was very natural for the pagans to look for hills mm-hmm. and mountains and to put their altars and their temples up on those hills and mountains or to try to build their own hills. So if I'm tracking with you, there is this common knowledge that God is above. God is up. Up. And so when men start making their own idols and crafting those things, they also need to place them up. Up. Up above. We're going to try to get up. We're going to put them on high places. We're going to put them on mountains. And you know what? Even even if we are on a high place or a mountain, we want to get even closer. We'll build our own hill. So you have these pyramids uh-huh. or another... Ziggurat. Ziggurat. Yeah. Another yeah. term is ziggurat. And that's the, the idea of what is going on in Babel. What we have there is we want to get to God's level. We want to be on God's hill. But their, yeah. their, their so, problem was not, I want to get to where God is. It's that I want to be on the same level as God. I'm going to do this for myself. So Genesis 11, verse 3, Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, and they had asphalt for mortar, verse 4, and they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. So when it says that we want to get its top in the heavens, let's Mm -hmm. not read back our idea today that they somehow thought they were going to actually get into the heavenly dwelling of God, but heavens is the skies. The sky. It's because the up, right? It's the up, because the skies are the dwelling place of the gods. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the Greeks and the Romans, you had Mount Olympus. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Baal, I think, was Mount Zephon. I may be getting that incorrectly. But, they, they you know, they, it was high places and hills. But what are they trying to do here? They're trying to get up to the high place. They're trying to ascend the hill of God. And the way they were going to do it is we will make our own hill. Yeah, we'll make a tower and we're going to make ourselves great. We're going to have a great name. And that's really the key of what was going wrong at the Tower of Babel was it was about, it wasn't actually about honoring the name of God. It wasn't about we've got to get to where God is because he deserves our worship and our praise. It's about we're going to make our name as great as God's. We'll, We'll develop our own holy hill. Of course, what the Lord does is he comes, he divides the languages, yeah. yeah, and they were all, I guess, Americans at that time because they all only spoke their one language. <laughs> they couldn't communicate to one another, and they were scattered across the earth, which, remember, to whom does the earth belong? Belongs to the Lord. And all those people, even when they were scattered, to whom did they belong? Mm-hmm. And yet what started happening was this change of language, this change of family and these separations started bringing up all these other gods. But there was like this still this memory of we got to go up to get to them. We got to go up to get to them. Let me tell you something else that jumps out at me as I'm reading here. Verse four, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. It's interesting to me that when when we want to put ourselves in the place of God and here, you know, quite literally, they want to get up. Uh we want to put ourselves in the place of God. We want to have our own will and our own plan for our lives. And that will run contrary to God's will for our lives. Because what he intended was for them to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. He didn't want them staying in one place together. Yeah. And so in crafting their own religion and their own God, well, you know, they have their own plan. And all of this runs contrary to God's will. So one of the things that fascinates me as I, as I just think through all of the aspects of this is that considering the pagan notion that gods are up, and so mm-hmm. we're going to get on these 
hills and we're going to ascend high places, you would almost think that what the one true God, who is God everywhere, he's God on the mountaintop and he's Mm -hmm. God in the valley, he's God at the bottom of the ocean, you would almost think that what he would want is I'm going to be completely different from all those others, that all those false things. I, let's put my temple in the valley. But he didn't. He also wanted a holy hill. He wanted a high place. You, you would expect him to Mount, want it completely uh, different, but some of it, he's like, no, no, that's what I want. I Mount, want the high place. Mount Moriah or Mount Zion there okay. in Jerusalem. That's the, exactly Ultimately, right. the temple's going to be placed there. Although I, I will say, for the longest time, uh, they've got this tent the Israelites do, and they're traveling all over everywhere So, because God's going to be among his people and leading his people. But to your point, I get it. Why would you ever get away from that? Well, and then he, but it's still here in this Psalm and back in Psalm 15, and I think Isaiah 33, there's kind of these same ideas of ascending the hill to get to God. Oh, yeah. And it's always go up to Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. go down from Jerusalem, because even though it's not the highest mountain in the world, it doesn't matter where you're coming from. That's where God dwells. You're going up. Absolutely. To where God is. What what was different, though, mm-hmm. is that God said, yeah, you know what? Here, I'll do this the same. We're going to have a high place. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a holy hill. You're going to go up to my dwelling. You're going to go up to worship. But there's only going to be one. Mm. There's not going to be one on every hill. There's not going to be one on every high place. The thousand hills are mine, but one hill is my dwelling place. And so we have that difference. And so as the Lord and and as people have wanted to ascend the hill to come to God, what God says is, I've got one. You don't don't climb Mount Gerizim. You don't climb Mount Ebal. You don't climb Mount Olympus. You climb Mount Zion. That's where my temple is going to be one and only one. And what you really need to do is destroy and discard all the others. So when the kingdom divides and Jeroboam is leading the Israelites into northern tribes, of course, one of his great failures is leading the Israelites into idolatry. He crafts two golden calves. He sets one in Dan. He sets one in Bethel. And he tells his Israelite tribes, don't go back to Jerusalem. Don't go back there to worship. Don't go back to God's holy hill. Go to these other two places and worship there. I mean, really, he's trying to take the God that they know in that way and begin to multiply holy sites, a corruption that would then mirror all these other idolatries and all these other high places. What's so interesting is when you go to Dan and they have excavated the ruins of Jeroboam's altar, you actually go up to that high place and you have to physically turn your back away from Jerusalem. Interesting. Physically turn your back away from Mount Zion in order to offer your incense and your sacrifices to his golden bull, his golden calf, whatever it was. And what God wanted done with those other high places and holy hills, he wanted them destroyed and discarded. Desecrated. You know, I think it's interesting. Do you remember when Assyria comes against Hezekiah and Jerusalem? They've already conquered Israel, the northern kingdom, mm-hmm. and now they're coming against Hezekiah. And one of the arguments that the Rabshaki, or however you pronounce that title, says is, well, don't think that Yahweh is going to help you because Hezekiah has been destroying all of his high places. Why would he help you? The Assyrians have a complete misunderstanding. Hezekiah has been doing exactly what he's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. He's been destroying the high places because God wanted one high place. He wanted one holy hill, not a thousand, not even three, not even two. He wanted 
one. And God, of course, honors Hezekiah for that yeah. and gives the deliverance. When when Hezekiah finally realizes, because there's a little bit of question there in Hezekiah about how he's going to handle this, but he finally comes to the Lord and the Lord grants his request. Yeah. All right, so you, you picked up earlier that I said I wanted to start at the Tower of Babel, and so you got me there, and I appreciate that. But remember, I also said I want to end with the church in the New Testament. Because all of this time, we've been talking about the Holy Hill in Jerusalem. We've been talking about the temple that was built on Mount Zion. Where is that temple? Mm -hmm. That temple was destroyed in AD 70, never to be rebuilt. It is gone. It Mm -hmm. is gone. And Hebrews 12 points out that what could be shaken would be shaken out of the way so that what cannot be shaken remains. We have a kingdom that is not shaken. And in fact, we have a temple that is not shaken. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in him, excuse me, in him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the spirit. How many of those temples, Andrew, do you think God wants today? I think he wants one. He wants one. And that's actually the whole point of Ephesians. He says mm-hmm. there's not a temple for the Jews and one for the Gentiles. There's not a church for Jews and a church for Gentiles. There's not a church for white people and for black people. There's not a church for Hispanics and Canadians. There is there is the church. There is one temple. I understand there are congregations. We're not getting into the difference between universal and local here. But but one one church is what he wants, one temple, not this divided, every personal idea. He wants us to get back to the scripture and follow his one path with his one savior, with the one hope of the one calling. All of that's in Ephesians. And it's not appropriate for people then to be remaking God or making competing temples, uh, which is really just a recasting and a corrupting of his one true temple. One temple. That's that. And now I will point out that some things are going to be the same. You know, we, when we look around at folks who are coming up with their own personal ideas, some things will be the same. Some folks get some things right. Yeah. But God wants his one holy hill. He wants his one holy hill. And we're going to leave the conversation there today. We'd love to know what you're learning as you're reading the scriptures. Send us an email and share text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Edwin, would you lead us in prayer? Holy God. Uh, I am so sorry. We are so sorry that over the centuries, instead of being one, there's been division and separation and having our own personal Jesus and our own tribal church and communities. And Lord, what we would pray is that all of those dividing walls would come down and they wouldn't come down in name only where people act like we're united, even though we're not, we're doing different things, claiming to do it in your name. We pray that you would remove all of that and bring all those who would call on your name to a unity that is centered around your word and your holy hill, the one that you have established by the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, of which he is King and Lord and Savior. May we be a part of that. Lord, where we are going off on our own tangents. Please correct us. Draw us back to what you have revealed in your word. May we sound forth truth so that we can climb your holy hill and be with you on your terms. We love you, Lord God. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. 
I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.